You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, come check out a live taping of the John Kime Report. It's going to take place on Monday, November 18th at City Tap in Loudoun 1 out in Ashburn, Virginia. Start time around 8 o'clock. It'll end at 9 p.m. In the show notes, you can find the Eventbrite invitation that you can RSVP to to ensure that you get seats. It's free to show up. And if you can't find the invitation in the show notes, shoot me an email and I'll send you a link directly to you for you to sign up. You can find me at Bram, B-R-A-M, at AmpireMedia.com, A-M, P-I-R-E media.com. Bram at EmpireMedia.com. And we look forward to seeing you on the 18th at City Tap Loudon. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Got a good one for you today, starting with an interview with former Redskins running back Brian Mitchell, never shy with his opinions, I wanted to talk running backs and what he thinks of the Adrian Peterson-Darius guy situation. What does Mitchell think should happen? What is it like being a young guy in a losing situation? Does Brian Mitchell think that this franchise will ever win? His answer surprised me a little bit. Then I have a few thoughts on Dwayne Haskins that I think you might want to hear. Finally, it's Chef Mel. I asked for questions for him a few weeks back now, a couple of them finally get answered. Before I get to Brian Mitchell, don't forget about my podcast taping party at City Tap in Ashburn on November 18th from 8 to 9 p.m. Chef Mel will be there as well, talking food and Redskins. Maybe a victory Monday, maybe an early therapy Thursday session. Either way, it should be fun. Come out and join me, Chef Mel, and Bram Weinstein and have some fun. And now, here's my conversation with Brian Mitchell. So now I'm bringing in one of my favorites, Brian Mitchell, host on uh, Team 980, listen to a show every day, one to four. The thing I always like about Brian, the reason I like having him on, because no, even if whether or not you agree or disagree with him, his opinions come from one place, a desire to succeed and to see the Redskins win. So whatever gets them there, that's what he wants to see, and that's, that's his, his belief. So, Brian, one, one thing I want to talk to you about, because we have Darius Geis coming back. What do you think they should do at the running back position with Adrian Peterson and Darius? Well, when I look at Darius guys, uh, I look at it a little different than I do with Dwayne Haskins. I believe Dwayne Haskins, you have to go out there and allow him to play now and figure it out. But when you look at uh, Darius guys, he's coming off of injuries. You know, uh, he just come off injury. They rushed him back in the first game, and he's been out all this time. I think when you look at him, you want to take it a little slower. You know, you want to get him some plays definitely in the game against the Jets. But as you go, you increase that load. And by the time you get to the end of the season, you've seen various guys handle a whole football game. Adrian Peterson is a blessing to him and vice versa. I just feel that you can't rush him back because you don't know just yet how much you can take. So, and I, and, and I think that's a, a good point, too. Do you think there's any, th- any merit to 
how Adrian has been running, should he continue just because of that? Well, I think you look at the way Adrian Peterson has been running, and you don't want to just say, hey, we're going to just stop running, because it's possible that you can have Adrian come back next year. Right. You know, that's the whole thing about it. And I think when you look at Darius, Darius hasn't proven uh, that he can stay healthy. That's the whole thing about it. And now you don't want to just throw him out there and then go from zero to 100, where he's going to be taking on the mother load of things. I don't think that's necessary for him to do right now. You can bring him along slowly. And the fact that Adrian Peterson has been successful, that's also going to help Dwayne Haskins in the process. Right. And, and that's, a word, that's where I want to get to, too. I think another factor, too, and I don't know if this is a big factor or not, but when you watch Adrian run, it's clear the desire that he still has and the passion for this game, the way he runs. How important is that for others to see that as you go down the stretch of a bad season? Well, I think the guys have to understand, you know, we always talk about team, team, team. But when they start looking at whether to bring you back or not bring you back, they look at your individual effort. Right. And Adrian Peterson, I think, proves that, you know. Uh, that guy hasn't been around this long, hasn't had the success that he's had by being someone who doesn't go out there and believe in himself. And he works as hard as anybody out there. So when you look at a young guy like a Darius Geis, you look at Chris Thompson, you got Bryce Love who's going to be coming off an injury as well. Right. Those guys can learn something from him. You know, a guy in his 30s, late, uh, 34 years right. old, still, still going out there putting forth that effort like that. You know, I look back at my career. I was 35 years old. I was still trying to do everything I possibly can right. because I wanted young guys to understand this thing is not handed to you. You know, it comes from hard work, and I think a lot of those guys have to understand that. You know, Darius got drafted. He's a – I like the way he is. He likes to be out with, with people. He's a very energizing type guy. But you also have to understand that this thing – this is the NFL. This isn't college, and it doesn't come easy. It's going to be tough, but, you know, you keep fighting through it and keep working, then good things can happen to you. And, you know, with, do you like the approach they've taken the last four or five, four games under Callahan? I like the fact that they run the football, but I don't like the fact that they only wanted to run the football. Right. You know, right. I, I ask for the run all the time because I believe the run is important. I believe if you're passing the football and you can still run it, and when you get a lead on somebody, you can close the game out by running the ball right. effectively. But you can't get so hung up on – Run, 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 and don't pass it. You've got to throw the ball down the field. You have to threaten those guys to make sure that they understand you will do it. Because if you don't, all of a sudden you got eight people, nine people in the box, and you can't run the ball. Just like you look at the last game against Buffalo. They were very effective in the first half. In the second half, they couldn't get yardage because Buffalo did not believe that they would throw the ball down the field. Right. And they never did. They never did. And it's funny because they started, bring, they started crashing, this, bringing the safeties up, and they were yep. cracking hard backside. I'm like – there were opportunities either whether you could do a zone read with Dwayne or you could get McLaurin. Now you get him in a one-on-one -on -one situation or, you know, attack that middle of the field. And then it never did. And that was, that's been my thinking too, that I love that they want to run the ball and create an identity. I think that's important, but it seems like it's at the expense of some other things. And maybe there's a better way to mix in and have a similar proportion of runs, but maybe mix it in differently. You look at Joe Gibbs, Okay. Joe Gibbs came to Washington as a pass guy, okay? Right. From Don Corleone's offense, they wanted to put the ball in there. He realized he had a, a team that could run the football effectively. He switched his gears, and he became a runner. But they never stopped throwing the ball down the field. Right. You know, you look at the success of Gary Clark, Ricky Sanders, and Art Monk. All three of those guys on the same team having hell of a yards. And then you still had 1,000-yard running backs. So you can do both of them, I think. As we look at the new era of football, we think you've got to throw the ball 100 times and don't run it. 
But when you look at the green, at the uh, New England Patriots, the team that's had the most success over the last, what, 20 years, to be honest right. with you, when you look at them, when they need to run, they run. When they need to pass, they pass. But they don't forget about either one of the two. Some games, they may not run the football because it's more conducive to pass the ball. And then right. vice versa, they'll do the other. But you have to still be able to do it. And that's why I believe when you got fourth and one or less and you can't run the ball, that's a hell of a problem right there. Right. Any team. A- absolutely. Now, switching gears a little bit, you, you got some young guys in this situation who have never encountered this level of losing and maybe even some veterans. You mm-hmm. had to go through this too. Early in your career, a lot of success here. You get to the last year of Pettibone, first year of Norb, and a lot of losing. How hard is that to handle? And what's the key to get through that? Um, as a team, as a player, as an organization? You know, I, I think it's, as an individual, you have to understand that, you know, they're going to look at you and see how you handle that situation. You know, when, it, when everything's going good, everybody can show up and work. When things are going bad, it's when your bosses want to see how's he going to react to this right. thing. So for me, I've always looked at the fact that, you know what, I want to be better the next, the next day. I want people, when they're looking at the film, say, yeah, we, want, we lost that game, but that B. Mitch is so brain right. You know, I think I got my reputation in this town because no matter what, win, lose, or draw, I was going to try to give you my absolute best right. effort. And that's because of my upbringing. But when you look at the team, it's, you know, when a team is saying we're close and we're going to compete, you know, I think they make the, uh, the, the way of dealing with that a little tougher on themselves, right. you know. When you, when you are in, like, right now, this is not, no, we're trying to win and we're trying to compete right now. We need to be seeing the young guys and finding out what people are going to do. And I think fans look at it differently. When you start telling people a certain thing, that's the way they're going to expect everything to happen. Right. You know, when you look at the, when you get down to the coaches, you want to keep pushing. You want to see the guys that are going to fight. Because you know what? The, the, the dam is going to break one time and this team is going to start winning again. And the guys that quit when they were losing, you don't want them on your football team. The guys that kept fighting, kept coming in, in into work and working as hard and wanting to be coached up, those are the guys you're going to want to keep around because when that thing started working out, you want those guys that have shown great character. You think they'll start winning again? I believe they will. You know, I just think that it has to come to a uh, – listen, it's going to come from the top where Dan's going to have to make a tough decision because the things that are happening in football right now on this team should not be. They should not be taking this long to get back to competing. We watch teams go from worst to first all the time. You know, we'll, we'll get a little spike and then we drop right back down. Right. We need to get some consistency. And what I've always felt is that when I look at teams like the Ravens and I look at the Steelers and those type, those teams, no matter what, they went with a team concept, right. not with a coach concept. And the problem that I've seen with this football team over the years, every time a coach comes in, we change our agenda. We change the way right. we do things. Okay, you look at the, uh, the Steelers, they run that 3-4. Okay, right. they right. run a certain style of offense, and every coach that they hire will be of that ilk. Look at the Ravens, the exact same thing. Right. But then the Ravens, now they get Lamar Jackson. They say, we have a super talent here. Let's adjust the offense to make his talent even right. better. But defensively, they still do the same. We've been running a 3-4 since Shanahan rolled in here with the mindset that, you know, it's going to make special teams better. And the Patriots do it. Did we have three, four uh, personnel? No. No. Do we have three, four personnel now? No. But we're still running it. Why? Because somebody said it. But what we should do is get back to when we had the glory years and try to keep that type of personnel grouping going. 
and all of a sudden it's, it's not hard to come back. When you're going three, four, four, three, flipping up, doing all type of now you gotta find that type of personnel. If you had the same style all right. the time and have people fit into that, then you can have that consistency going. And that's an organizational philosophy thing too. My other problem with the three, four, I feel like they haven't had the talent. And I and I haven't been so much against it as much as it is the people they're bringing in to play it. But it's also mm-hmm. the coaches you have coaching it aren't always three, four guys. They're kind of yeah. a mix and all that. And I know like in Pittsburgh, Dick LeBeau, he was, he knew, you know, and I talked to players who played for him that said he not only knew the three, four, but he knew the rules of it. So he could mm-hmm. like, there are rules off of everything. So you can adjust because you know, the rules here too often, it's like you can teach the three, four, but do you know all the rules off of it? And if you don't, and it's changing, it leads to yeah. confusion. So that's, it does. yeah. And so and I think ultimately, John, is just that, you know, when we look at, you talk about coaching the three, four, but let's look at just coaching up the players. How many players have left here and went somewhere else and you go, damn, we had that on there? You know, we just look at it. Well, the kid just went to Green Bay. Yeah, he's playing. He wasn't doing that here, you know? And what is it? It's, it's something about, listen, I know, look, I, I believe in motivation. I believe in the drive. I believe when people say certain things and you can get certain things from it, that's the way that you react. And I just feel that somewhere, Somebody's not motivating these guys enough or getting into their head to make sure they understand this is life or death in the city. That's the way I look at it. You have an opportunity to put your family and put yourself in a position financially because you're playing a damn football game. And and a lot of guys don't take it that serious. I've noticed where guys want to have all the great great things that come from football, but they're not putting in the great work. And I think somewhere a coach has got to get that message to them and also, the coach has got to lead by example. Hell, you yeah. couldn't outwork Joe Gibbs. You can't outwork Bill Belichick. And that right. is why I think those teams were so successful. And I, and I think that's a big key going forward, who they hire as a coach. Last topic is Dwayne Haskins. You're, now they're obviously going with him because the record is what it is. You've been in that situation, too, where Keith Shuler and Gus Fraud had to play, even if John Freeze was probably was a better quarterback at the time. What's that like for a veteran going down the stretch, knowing that, you know, you're playing the young kid because obviously he's the future of this franchise or a big part of the future, but you also want to win. And, you know, can, is this guy, guy that gives us the best chance, even if it's the right decision? What is that like for a vet? Well, I think everyone loves veterans on the team understand where they're at right now and understand that this team is a loss. This season is a loss. Season. Right. And they also understand that the team is going to start trying to get ready for the future. But it goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, Adrian Peterson, the way he works right now. You know, he doesn't look at the season and say it's over and he stops working. The other veterans have to understand this. You know, in other businesses, you write all your stuff on a piece of paper. In the NFL, your resume is your film. So every time you step on the practice field or the football field, you have to realize that I'm not done. I don't want to be done. And I want to put the message out to the people that I can still get this done. Because in my mind, I think coaches much rather have a guy who's already been through it and understand the rigors of the NFL, who's also proven that they can be depended upon. Right. You know, then just, just find a guy who, a young guy who you, you don't really know, but you think. You know, if a guy keeps working hard and having success, you want to keep him around. So the veterans still have something to play for. And I think, you know, Dwayne Haskins, they understand. This kid can play. And when you start listening to Urban Meyer talk about it, Urban Meyer believes he can really use a better passer than Burrow. I know Burrow is a new hot right. thing, but when Urban put those things out there, we need to start trying to dig into what Dwayne Haskins can do. Since he's gotten here, I think the whole thing came down to 
everything was like a knock. Well, he right. can't get the food. He can't just engage that, which I consider, I, I, I hate when those narratives get out there. Coach him up. You know, put him out in situations and allow him a chance to go out there. At least give him a chance to fail. If right. you never allow him to fail and people keep thinking more negative stuff about him, he's failed before he ever gets started. So I'm happy that he's getting the opportunity. And I think a lot of uh, older guys are going to pull behind because a lot of times those young guys can ignite a little bit more energy than the older guys do. Sure. And it's funny you say that the failure. I think that Giants game may have been a eye-opener for him because that was some failure for him. And yes. it comes from that. And the other thing, and, you know, not, I agree with their decision to play him. I think you got to get him out there, even if it's – even if he has a lot to learn. I think that's – he needs to build a foundation. This will help him do that. I think the other mm -hmm. thing to keep in mind for people, if Dwayne had – you know, all the love for Burrow – and I'm an Ohio State guy. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's done a great at LSU. Two of them really good at Alabama. What would people be saying if Dwayne Haskins had gone back to Ohio State? He would be putting up the same numbers, and people would be salivating about wanting to draft him in April. So – this gives him a chance to get ahead, and we'll see what happens. But at least it gives us something different to watch going yeah. forward and to talk about. We both need to talk about different things here, right? So, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, B. Mitch, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it, as always. Always enjoy listening to you. Listen to Brian on Team 980, 1-4. to four. Always going to give you a strong opinion. Thanks, B. Mitch. Hi, right, John. appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. After this break, I'll be back with four thoughts, starting with what I saw in Dwayne Haskins' presser on Wednesday that I liked. Welcome back. Now it's time for four observations, including one on a receiver I want to see more of. Number one, I liked what I saw and heard from Dwayne Haskins at the podium during his press conference Wednesday. There's a different body language that is emerging with Haskins, and you may recall me talking about this in the past. Veterans noticed, coaches noticed, agents that I spoke to who were at games definitely noticed. Lately, it's been much better. I know it shouldn't matter whether he's playing or not. If you want to be the leader at quarterback, you have to take a certain approach, and this is part of it. You need to sell to the veterans that you are the guy they can follow. If your body language is a certain way, that's a hard thing to accomplish. It was noticed. It's all part of playing quarterback in the NFL. Now, the other thing I constantly hear when talking about him with others at Redskins Park is this. He's young. He just turned 22. He had to learn how things needed to be done at an NFL level. This is why I say it would have been good for him to sit behind an Alex Smith type for a year. I know Smith is around, but he's hurt. And the other men, the other quarterbacks, Colt McCoy and Case Keenum, are journeyman types. They both work hard. In fact, I had one person tell me that Case Keenum prepares as well as anybody he's been around at that position. Those guys have put an awful lot into it. But when Dwayne Haskins sees them, I think what he sees are guys that have to work a certain way because they're just not as talented as he is. Haskins needed to see how a solid starter does it, someone who is a first-round pick and has lasted a while. Maybe Smith comes back next year. Who the heck knows? Anyway, what I liked is that Haskins said he knows that the veterans watch his every move, and he's right. He's saying the right things. He's projecting a different confidence. It's a good start for him. And it's been like this. My understanding is that a flip was almost switched. But I don't know about a flip was switched. That might be going too far. But that there was a change or an improvement, I should say, in the approach as of a couple weeks ago, I talked to Terry McLaurin about this, and his comment was that 
three or four weeks ago, he started preparing as if he was a starter. Now, you can say he should have been doing that all along. It's the part of the maturation process. But the good thing is he was doing it. And I think you saw a different level of confidence during the game, even though only scored nine points against Buffalo. I think you saw it before that game. I definitely saw it in the field. Um, I think you saw it at the podium afterwards. And I think you definitely saw it on Wednesday. Number two, when the games come, I'd like to see the Redskins put him in more, put Haskins in more favorable spots. I'm fine with Bill Callahan wanting to run the ball more and staying committed to it. But it's, at, it's also the way they're doing it is at the expense of a guy like Haskins. Why? Because their games are too, their games are too predictable by being so tendency heavy. When Haskins is under center, for example, he's, un, he's only attempted nine passes out of 44 total. That can't be the split. He's, when teams look at this team, you know you have a, they're so strong with the tendency with how many tight ends they have in the game. They have, they have Tony Bergstrom in the game, et cetera. Haskins is capable, capable of operating their quick game, and his size makes him well-suited to do so. You do that from under center. But the mandate is to run the ball quite a bit, and it's also to run it quite a bit early. There's not really a chance of, hey, here's the game plan. It's like, this is what I want to do on this down and this down. Um, why, go watch the second half of the Buffalo game when Adrian Peterson was running the ball. The Bills were, you oftentimes had eight defenders in the box, and they were having the backside safeties or defenders crash hard on him down, down the line. Use the quick game. Take a shot. Throw some slants. That's, that's, it's all there. Don't become so run-heavy on first and second down. And right now, I'd say it's about 70%. The Redskins do not have the personnel to win by being predictable. They get to third downs. They're relying on Haskins to make a play, and he's just not at that point where he can do that all the time. I also don't think they're going to open it up too much this week against the Jets. My understanding is that the play call list against Buffalo was rather thin as they only used plays that Haskins was comfortable with. And like I said, it was, it was and I was told it was a lot of day one install stuff. That's fine. What they did is they put him in with plays that he's comfortable with. I don't know how much more they're going to add this week. Maybe they'll add a couple more, but I do think there are ways to make him more successful, even with the playbook the way it is right now. It's just a matter of mixing it up a little bit better and using some more of the quick game, taking a shot or two. He's only thrown two passes of 20 or more yards in the air. That's got to change. One guy, number three, one guy I'd like to see more of based on how the Redskins are playing right now is receiver Kelvin Harmon. He's been playing, he's been playing, so it's not like they haven't used him, but he's a guy who can help because of his physical style at the line. Paul Richardson, who also plays the Z where, where Harmon plays, is not, a, is not as adept at getting off press man coverage and that throws off the timing of plays. Richardson has been a guy that Haskins has been finding because teams are taking away Terry McLaurin, but I, I think what Harmon does, he doesn't get moved around on, off the line. He also can use his size to win on some of the slants in the quick game. That could be a big help. He's not Pierre Garçon at all, but I liked how they used him on the screen in the red zone against the Bills. He's a guy who can make strong runs in traffic because of his size. I'd like to see more of him out there. Number four. I don't know how much Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis will be used together, but I know that other teams have used two running backs like this quite a bit. Look at Cleveland last week with, with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That was very effective. I think Chubb's runs with Kareem Hunt in the game, was he was a lot more effective. Hunt's a very good blocker. I do think Geis could be effective in blocking at times for Peterson if that's what he must do. I also think you could be effective in the screen game and some of the RPOs with both these guys on the field. I think... With Peterson running a bubble one way, Geis running a screen the other, 
They did use Wendell Smallwood and Peterson on the field for two plays together against Buffalo. I'd like to see a decent amount more of Geis and Peterson. I'll also be curious to see, do they split out Geis on some of the, on some of the pass plays? I think you can start to regulate the defensive looks that you get by doing that. It's something they absolutely miss with Chris Thompson still sideline, and we still don't know when Thompson will come back. Still dealing with that uh, turf toe. Uh, Bill Callahan called him week to week, but you definitely miss what he adds. They miss what Vernon Davis has added because of the speed. Um, they need somebody to get back out there because it's really thin at those spots. For um, And that's why getting a guy like Geis back will be important. I do believe Peterson is going to continue to start. Um, Callahan is a big fan of his. I think, he, I think with Geis, because he's only played two games here and he's gotten hurt in both games, I think they're going to want to ease him back in. But I also think this is a matter of Callahan likes the way Peterson runs and it fits what he wants to do. Now, keep in mind, Geis can run pretty hard too. But Peterson has been carrying it. I don't think that's going to change a whole lot, at least initially. But they've got to find a way to get Geis involved. This is an offense that needs playmakers. Geis is potentially a playmaker. That's it for my thoughts. Now, after this break, Chef Mel answers some of your food questions, and he talks a little bit about what he does for some of the players. Welcome back. Now it's on to Chef Mel. Get him for all your catering and needs and, and, and all that. Highly recommend it. Anyways, Mel, I want to I have I want before we get started on, I want to talk about what you do for some of the players here and the food you cook for them. But I do have two questions from readers and I want to start off with that. So at Big John 1906 wants to know. Big John. Big John 1906. Turkey, fried, first of all, fried or oven baked? Oh man, you gotta go fried, John. If you wanna have a good, moist, you know, flavorful turkey, you wanna go fried. Like I'm looking forward to frying a lot of turkeys this this November coming up right now, and I really wanna enjoy it. Why, why, what's for you, the fried, what, what tips would you give him to make sure it comes out right? Oh, uh, make sure that, that that damn turkey is, uh, Thawed out completely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Big troubles. That's the that's the number one. And then make sure you season it the way you want to, and inject it and everything. Put all your flavors into it, and then season it after it comes out of the grease. You want to add a little bit of season on top of it, and just let it stick on there for the flavor to just sit on top, and you're good. Okay. Now his other question is your best sleeper side dish for Thanksgiving. Mm. Well, best sleeper. You know, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question, right there, John. I have to get back with you on that one. Well, give me, give me, like, what? What are some of your go-to's? My go-to's gonna be, you know, always the, the mac and cheese and the and the sweet potatoes. And uh, I love um, the sweet potatoes. Oh man, gotta have the sweet potatoes. And uh, believe it or not, man, I like cranberry. Do you? <laughs> man, I love some I like, cranberry sauce. So, like, like there's like a little cranberry sauce, man, with the you know with the turkey and everything. I agree I with just, that. I'm a big I just, fan. Some reason why, like, it just around that time, it just goes with the holiday. It does. Cran- like, I just got to have that. It just makes it Thanksgiving. It does. <laughs> I agree with that. Okay. Number, the second one, at Virginia Statesman 7, question about smoked wings. And he says that he loves smoked wings, but he has a he has trouble with them. Um, he said they end up drier than he'd like. So he wants to know what, te- and he doesn't know if his temperature's off or what. I can tell you right now, your temperature's off. Your temperature's off, and you got to sit here and, and just... 
go back over it and it's, it's it's a lesson, man. You got to go back and just go back into the into your smoker and just keep on, you know, testing it out, testing out your timing of of what you're doing wrong, and you, and you'll be okay. So it it come back out, you know, really good next time, man. I believe in it. Just go back out there and get that smoker going and get that temperature right, and you have a nice moist chicken wings. And and I I don't know, like for you, when I do mine in the smoker, it takes them about two hours. Yeah. And the, the only thing that I sometimes had that I had to get used to was making sure the skin is crispy. That was the one thing. And I think... You want it to be crispy. You want to have the flavor crispy. You yeah. want to have all those different things. I just had a conversation with somebody about wings. I like, man, you want your wings to be crispy right. at all times. You know what? Like, I had some wings. I can't say the place it was, but it tastes like it was like broil baked. And it, was, it wasn't it was my go-to. So, I love some chicken wings. But, yeah, so my, 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 you know, my answer to you is to basically... Just watch the temperature, play with it a little bit. You know, it's trial and error, and that's what happens. You know, you're not always going to make the best, you know, wings or the best, you know, food sometime with that. You just got to go back out there and do it again. And I think the other thing, too, with the smoker, because it can be, the temperature can kind of fluctuate a little bit. Oh, man. It to me, like, that. monitoring yeah. it closely with the wings is a must. And like what I'll do, too, is I, I rotate them a little bit throughout. So they, so pull that them way, off early. Or put pull them, them off early. Put them off a little early. If you feel like, oh, they about to put them yeah, off early. I, I, get, I get the little, if I'm just, if, just to be careful, sometimes I would get the little thermometer to stick it in there and get a couple. And definitely time it, too, John. You got to time your food, like, especially when you're dealing with, like, different things. You want to make sure, like, all right, let's take this time. You know, sometimes, like, you can't really, like, guess it, but you kind of got to, like, just, like, okay, put a time on it. It's going to take about you know, an hour, two right. hours, and then, and then you, t- you know, t- check it out every time. Right, know, and that's what I do. And this last one is, do you have any tips or sauce suggestions not buffalo style? Oh, man, it's all about the sauce. Oh, man, with my sauces, man, I put, like, uh, smoked paprika, like, you know, uh, d- different different ingredients in there just to bring some flavor, especially, like, in my barbecue sauce. I add so, uh, seasonings to that, too. So I, I definitely add some extra season to it. So uh, what you like to do, John? Oh, I got, I got my my go-to for my kids that they love is the um, butter, garlic, lemon. Um, oh but man! Also with um, that's the, what the you stuff, need the right stuff, there. The, the stuff you put on fish. Um, <laughs> what, I'm, I'm trying to blank. Hey, look, I'm gonna I'm I'm fill in the blank. Uh, lemon pepper, like what, like uh, no, no, not lemon pepper. Uh, parsley. No, no, no. The um, see, like. Unbelievable. We gonna get back to it. John, no. come, John came up with a blank. Sometimes it happens like that. He just. Hey, look, I got caught on the Audible right now. It's so. it's it's the stuff that you you put on fish, you put on tr- you shrimp, you put. A... You got me thinking now, right now, John. I came I, I came up with a blank. <laughs> old right. Bay. It's it's Old Bay. I can't believe I forgot the Old Bay. Man, this is what happened. I tell I'll be honest, though. This is what happens covering this team. You have those brain farts or whatever you want to call them. That was bad. That's the worst. That was, hey, that was a bad one, man. It was terrible. But but I will say. It's the Old Bay. So what my go-to with the, that the kids love is you put Old Bay on it. With the lemon and garlic? Not oh. yet. You put Old Bay on it. Then you melt the um, butter, um, stick of butter with um, um, Old Bay and some lemon. And then you drizzle that on the, on the wings, mix it up, mm. put them on the grill, bring them back off. Put on some more of the Old Bay and then a little bit more of the sauce to drizzle on them. Mm. That's what the kids like. And then I have another one too that's just like a southern style, southern rub. Hey, but I that's want some the one. of them wings, man. Those are good. Those are good. So, all right, now we got that. 
I can't believe, man. That was that was horrible. You guys listening just heard that. That was bad right there, Johnny. Man. You had my brain going, man. I had my brain going. All right, but I wanted to ask you before we get out, um, you do a lot, you cook a lot for players. And one of the things is you talk a lot about cooking healthy for them. Mm-hmm. What are well, first of all, how many players do you cook for here? I mean, a variety of different guys, I man. You know, guys come to me and, you know, here and there, whatever like that, and just wanna eat healthier and wanna stay injury prone. They don't wanna they don't wanna um Trying to avoid injuries, and they want you know. Then they want to watch their weight as well. So it comes in a, in the play of just eating healthy and and just staying in shape. And I'm gonna get to more of this some in the later episode. But what are some of the healthy foods that you say this is what I cook for them? And like, what are what are the things? What are the things I try to always push the super greens on them. Super greens and you know like basically spinach, kale, those type of things that actually could benefit them. Blueberries, like these are you know just you know fruits and veggies, things that actually like people could benefit from benefit from. The thing is, the key the key to being healthy is just basically like putting in things in your body that actually is going to help you, not hurt you. Um, you know, I love fried chicken. I love all the starches and different things. But some of the things you don't need on a daily basis and right. stuff like that, especially if you're an athlete, um, you kind of want to just balance it out. Now, some guys, could, you know, they, they body different. They actually can stand the, the, the meat and potatoes. Some guys, they just want all veggies. Right. And I don't blame them. <laughs> right. And so, with, but with, you know, how much... Because I know, like, the blueberries are great for inflammation. Yeah. And, and I, I eat a that, lot of that's those, the too. Thing, like, that's the thing, too. Like, so, like, if you get, say if you do get injured, you know, what could help your injury, like, like to get back on the field faster is by what you eat. You know, it helps with the inflammation and everything. Get you back, you know, right back on the field just like that. Um, what could get you set back a little bit is what you're eating. You know, yeah, absolutely. You eat fried chicken or something like that or uh, uh, anything that could um, set off the inflammation that makes it worse, uh, it, it could really be bad for you. I look forward to the day when fried you chicken gotta, you gotta be You don't got to be an athlete. You just want to just, right. I'm trying to tell you, like, it can happen. You're like, man, why are my legs swelling up? It's what you just ate. <laughs> well, it is. And that's why, like, I eat a lot of the blueberries for the inflammation and shoulder yeah. issues oh, whatever. Man. So that's yeah. that's a big deal. But, the you know, but so you eat the kale and all that. Who's Who's been the, your longest client out here? Oh, man, you know, I've been through, I've, I've been with different clients, man, all, all the way around. But uh, right now. I can't even say right now. I'm just, I'm just stuck on that. This, this new, bunch of new guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. But I want to get in later episodes. I want to get into some more of what you do for them. But okay. for now, let's call it a day. For now me. I'm going to have to go back and feed my brain because I need some more help here. How's that? <laughs> hey, man. Me too, Don. All right, Mel. Thanks, all right. man. Welcome. That's all for now. Thank you to Brian Mitchell and Chef Mel for joining me. As always, thank you for listening. And don't forget about the November 18th podcast taping party at City Tap in Ashburn from 8 to 9 p.m. Come out and have some fun. Hey, come check out a live taping of the John Kime Report. It's going to take place on Monday, November 18th at City Tap in Loudoun 1 out in Ashburn, Virginia. Start time around 8 o'clock. It'll end at 9 p.m. In the show notes, you can find the Eventbrite invitation that you can RSVP to to ensure that you get seats. It's free to show up. And if you can't find the invitation in the show notes, shoot me an email and I'll send you a link directly to you for you to sign up. You can find me at Bram, B-R-A-M, at AmpireMedia.com, A-M, P-I-R-E-Media.com. Bram at EmpireMedia.com. And we look forward to seeing you on the 18th at CityTap Loudon.